Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We're in for quite a treat today. Uh, We have... Uh, it's just one of those films that you really want to go outside and yell at your neighbors to go see this movie. It's uh, it's just a terrific film. It's a story of a young woman, a uh, quick-witted, sharp-tongued middle schooler who isn't afraid of anything, and that's true, as the only girl in school carrying an ancient Norse warhammer in her purse and, and killing giants for a living. Why wouldn't she be... Fearless, right? I Kill Giants is a sweeping, bittersweet story of a young girl struggling to conquer monsters, both real and imagined, as her world crumbles at her feet. The giants bigger than any one child can handle. And it's uh, and we are fortunate to have with us today the uh, director of I Kill Giants, Anders Walter. Anders, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much, and thank you for the very kind words. Ah, please. It is a, it's just a terrific uh, film. Uh, it is entertaining. It is thoughtful, and and it is a it's clever. It looks great. Tell me a little bit about how you came. I know you've got a great supporting uh, cast, not only uh, on screen but behind the scenes here. Tell me how you came into this project for I Kill Giants. I mean, I didn't really want to to do any American films. I'm from Denmark, and. Um, I uh, had done four short movies, and one of those short movies won an Academy Award for Best Live Action Short in 2014. And Was that Helium? And, of course, my agent. Helium, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then my U.S. agents, of course, wanted me to stay here and go and chase uh, an American feature. But I was like, hell no. I want to go back and you know continue doing films in Danish and speak with my own clear voice. And so I went back. And my agents, of course, were very upset because I just won an Academy Award, and I, <laughs> they wanted me to stay around and and try and chase that dream. But they kept sending me screenplays, and eventually the screenplay Michael Giants got to me, and I just fell madly, deeply in love, um, and knew I had to go back and, and and chase that dream. So thank you to my agents for being so persistent and keep sending me good stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Also, talk, talk about Joe Kelly. You've got a number of people that that helped put the material together, but thought you were the one to do this. Tell me a little bit about how all that came together for you. I mean, so I got to read the screenplay, and then yeah. I called my agent and said, "Listen, I, I need you need to put me in a room with these producers and whoever's involved and in making you know, making the decisions on this one. I, I want this one." So I got to meet the. Uh, the producer is Chris Columbus's producer. It's Chris Columbus and his production company who's behind the film. Right. So I got to meet with them, and then later I got to meet with Joe Kelly. So over a couple of months, I traveled uh, back and forth to Los Angeles from Denmark um, trying to pitch my version of the film. And, and eventually I did this sizzle reel, which is basically, you could say, a trailer, of, uh, a trailer for the film that should show the, the version of the movie that I wanted to do, and they really liked that one. And I think that was the deciding factor in them, you know, deciding on uh, going with me as director for the film. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you didn't have a green light. That just means that now I'm on board, and then the whole journey started with me and the producers going out and trying to find money uh, to, to finance the yeah. film, and that took about 
two years. Oh, my. Well, I just want to touch on that because these are people that have helped been a part of the the uh, Harry Potter series. Uh, Joe Kelly has been involved with some terrific – he's known for animated uh, – his animated career, or, as well as uh, graphic design, graphic novels, all kinds of different yeah. things. This is a high-quality uh, team of people involved in this. But it's the humanity of this film that is so – so it, what kicks us into a whole nother realm. It's your ability to draw out the performances that you were able to get from the different people in the film that it makes this such a wonderful watch. And it, Madison Wolf, who – um, who has done a lot of work, but she carries the film beautifully as uh, as well as uh, Imogene uh, Poots, who's in it, and, and uh, Zoe uh, Saldana also. They're all, it's just a terrific uh, kind of triumvirate of people. And, and um, a little bit about sort of that part. Well, let's get it. You know what? Before we get into the performances, let's talk in general terms about the actual story itself. I think we've really given that enough attention. Tell us, in your words, what this film in you know sort of the you know the synopsis of this film, if you will. Well, I mean, it's 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 a character-driven piece, uh, and 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 Barbara, um, who's the lead girl in the film, is a 13-year-old girl who lives in a in a small town uh, in an East Coast. East Coast kind of small town feeling, um, and she's just a very quirky kind of character who walks around in school with bunny ears and definitely looks very different from everybody else in, in school. And therefore, she's also very exposed to being bullied. And but she's the kind of character who doesn't really care about that. She's definitely one who believes a lot in herself and. Verbally, she's really smart and witty, and she has a sassy kind of approach, such an attitude towards everybody around her. And in the beginning of the film, you're not quite sure why she's acting out the way she is. You understand that she's chasing giants, and she's setting up traps in this small town, and you also understand that there's something about, you know, in the house that, you know, the first the first floor, she doesn't dare to go up to the first floor in the house. She lives by herself and sleeps by herself in the basement then. There's just all these things that indicate that something is a bit off. And in the house, there's only an older sister taking care of, of both her and her, her older brother. And eventually she starts to see a school counselor in school. And um, basically everybody around Barbara is questioning the fact that she's chasing giants and, and doing all of this stuff because in her mind, giants will soon come to this small town and basically destroy everything. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Barbara's... Yeah. Point of view, it's basically, you know, everybody around her who doesn't really get and understand the seriousness of, of this business. Right. And then from that point on, I can't really reveal too much. No, it no. Is, <laughs> it is a game with the, with the audience about what what is real and what is not real. Yeah, and exactly. You've, yeah, you've done a wonderful job of teasing the audience here because that's exactly where I would have wanted you to stop. And and it one of it is a real strength of the film that the reveals are subtle, understated. You're really off guard uh, in terms of understanding the big picture for a a considerable amount of the film, but that doesn't in any way detract from the enjoyment of the film because it's in the reveals. It's in the the development of the characters and the friendships, the kind of tortured friendship that... uh, that Barbara develops with a few people in the film, and it's and it's it's tough for them. It's tough for for her to 
you know, to uh, develop a, a relationship with Sophia, with uh, with Mrs. Molay. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, uh, Molay. Yeah. Yeah. That and so through it all, the the it's the strength of the 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 writing and and the characters, and even in the sort of. Uh, uh, the CGI part of the film of the when we see things happening, it's understated. It's subtle. It's not. It there's a lot to be. There's a lot. It's a lot to sort of enjoy. And as an audience, as someone in the audience, you get to fill in a lot of this as you're going along. You and it yeah, really causes definitely. you to be invested in the film in an emotional level. It really has a strong emotional put uh, punch to it as well. Um, oh, I'm glad you appreciate these things. Obviously, the, those were all elements of, of the story that we wanted to come across in exactly the way you're describing them. So, oh. perfect. Well, that, that's great. Yeah. And, Eight I, plus, I, sir. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Well, and we're speaking with Anders Walter. He is the director of the film I Kill Giants. It's out in theaters today here as we speak here on uh, – um, and I believe it's all over uh, Southern California. There's multiple openings, if I'm not mistaken. It's not. I mean, it's actually only in select theaters. The 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 hot push is really on on iTunes and on 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 demand. It's coming out both in select theaters and on demand today. So uh, it's definitely uh, okay. Mo- modern times, new ways of putting movies out on both platforms at the same time. Boy. But of course, with the romantic beating heart for cinema like mine. I would prefer that people would go and buy a ticket and see it on the big screen. I would recommend that as well because it is no small part of the film and, and, and enjoyment of the film to see this on a big screen for exactly the reason you're describing. It, it It's a big picture in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. The cinematography is really spectacular in the film. Uh, and if you... oh, He's great. He's actually a Danish photographer that I worked with for the last 10 years, so... I got to work with a, a couple of Danish uh, colleagues, the DP and a producer also, which was such a joy for me, of course, doing a first-time American movie. You want to bring, you know, part of your crew that you worked with for you know, throughout the year. So, yeah. Your your director's photography was? Uh, his name is Rasmus Heise. It's a beautiful look. And I, I have the impression that, I mean, I know that all of so the special effects probably cost a little money, but it felt like, it fe- it feels like a small film. And and again, I think that's a real strength of it. It doesn't feel like uh, I mean, there's there's I think people have have compared it to uh, Pan's Labyrinth a little bit. There's a little element of that in it, but this feels yeah. like it feels like a it feels like a, a very intimate drama uh, because you're so understated and subtle with the way you bring in the different sort of the other elements into the film, uh, and so it it has a scale to it that is it's very. Uh, I mean, it is a, a subtle story. It is a yeah. character-driven piece, and yeah. I fell in love with characters. Of course, you have that uh, backdrop uh, with giants, and that, of course, in its own nature, is a very visual uh, backdrop, and that does, of course, bring some scope to the film. But I also think the scope comes from being so much in nature and shooting so much in nature, being close to the beach and yeah. being in the forest, and, and being in this environment really adds something to the film in, in terms of scope um, because it is a very intimate story, you know, for quite some time. This is a couple of, of girls walking around in this in this town, talking and figuring out things. And um, and really, it's a film, I think, for me, it builds on tension. Tension between the characters and tension about the reveal and yeah. tension in terms of being engaged and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And not so much a film uh, where you just want to go and see 
a shitload of CGI titans. Right. right. They are there, but they're there to support great characters, uh, and not the other way around. And there's a wonderful vehicle that you use in the film, the uh, the Philadelphia Philly baseball player, uh, which I'm not going to get too far into the into that part of the film. But it's just there's just so many elements that that are clever and fun, and uh, and let's and also, you know, there's a, this is a, a very much a film about young young women and women. I mean, there's barely yeah. a male to be seen in the film, which another part of this feels right. It feels the to, to the narrative, you know, to, for women to 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 have the power of the of narrative, and this is a a film about women, uh, and I I really appreciated that part of it. So, and I'm I'm sure that was yeah. It. It's, I mean, it's, it almost feel like we we timed it for what's happening in, in the world right now. But we started this movie three years ago. I got a couple of people calling me and say, "Wow, this is really great timing in terms of how." You know the state of the world yeah. these days, and, and the focus on equality, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah. yeah, I think it comes out at a good time, and I think it's nice for any young girl to have a a movie like this and a character like Barbara to to look up to. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's nice to have a story where the girls figure out how to move on. Yeah. by themselves or by helping each other instead of having a film with a girl who's in trouble and then only coming out of uh, the, the stuff, you know, the trouble she's in by being helped by a man. I think I think it's really nice to see a, a, a strong girl, but in a realistic uh, way because she does, of course, feel, you know, she does she has to fear certain, uh, face certain demons in order to come out on the other side. Um, yeah. So very inspiring, also for me to work work with 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 such a cast. Yes, uh, yes, it it is. And uh, just a, one last question: a couple of minutes we have left. That um, the the jump from working from where you're used to working out as as you were talking about working in your native country, smaller short films and that kind of thing, and the jump to a feature length film that cost a you know a fair amount of money to produce sort of what has been sort of your journey as a filmmaker going from where where you were working here now you're working in, in sort of an american context what's that been like for you as a filmmaker i mean of course it's you're always a little bit nervous about working in a, in a different language of course i speak english but it's not my native uh, language and you do tend to lose a couple of nuances going from one language to a language that is that is not your own. Um, so there's that fear. And also there's a fear because I've had a lot of, you know, Danish colleagues, directors' colleagues who, who tried to do um, American productions and didn't succeed or for some reason or another found themselves not be able to do the quality films they were able to do in Danish. So there is that ghost. Um, but I, for some reason, I really, I really, there was something in the theme and the thematics of I Kill the Iron. I mean, it does feel very similar to the short films that I've been working within. So there was something there that I really hooked onto and understood from a, a, a gut level. And, yeah. and also, I think a theme that translates, it's a universal theme. Um, and... So therefore, I think it made it easier for me to 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 approach this, you know, even the fact that I'm from Denmark and um, don't normally work with English English actors. Um, 
So no, I didn't really see it as a hindrance on this production. It might be on other productions, but really if I killed the irons, it felt like a natural expansion of uh, the short films that I have been doing in, in Danish. Well, it's a, it's, a wonderful sto- it's a wonderful story, well told. And I think the universality of the themes in it are are obvious. And uh, see this in a theater, uh, or see it however you see it. But I would recommend seeing it in a theater because it, it because of the cinematography, because theaters are great, because it's good to be around people. All those reasons. <laughs> uh, and uh, exactly yes. And so, well, I thank you so much for, for your time and for your film, and congratulations and all the very best moving forward for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. You're very welcome. The film, I Kill Giants, the director, Anders Walter, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.